Welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast with Chad and Jade Spencer. In this world, there's an unlimited amount of voices fighting for your attention. Facts are important, but truth is key. This podcast is all about taking real life situations and looking at them through the lens of God's word. Victory can be your story. What's up, podcast fam? Happy Monday, everybody. Well, welcome back. Both you and my wife to the podcast, Jade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have. What a blessing. I um, heard that some people complimented the podcast that I was not on. Honestly. Last week because I was not on it. And I just want to say if that was you, yeah. you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I, the nicest way I can say it. I have to say I talked to at least a dozen people and every single one of them said that they preferred you not on the podcast. <laughs> Yet here I am, forced to be on the podcast. <laughs> if you don't know, my wife is literally like, let's say 99% pregnant. Um, <laughs> What's the final one? The one is when you're you're like going into labor. But then you're not pregnant anymore. You're, so you, you, are you not pregnant when you're in labor? <laughs> I mean, you're like Almost decreasing. There. You mean pregnancy. you're like 1% from being not oh pregnant my. anymore? Yeah. Oh All right. Gosh. So here we go, guys. I can't promise anything because our conversations before this have been a little uh, wild. Yes. So we can't guarantee what's going to happen on this podcast or even that this one's going to make it to the public. So, But anyway, um, you probably would have clicked on this either because you listen every week and you're dedicated or because you Shout were curious. Shout out to our faithful few. Uh, this the three intrigued people you. that listen to us, we we love you. Stop it. There are more than I wouldn't sit you every week for three. I mean, I love that's all rude. three. I just want you three to know <laughs> that I would do it for you, and that's why even last week you just, you just found me, <laughs> the faithful. You know, not all of us can be celebrities like my wife and write a book and you know just do whatever I she wants. I haven't actually written a book. That's what makes me laugh about when people say I've written a book. I haven't. I wrote devotional. It's different to a book. It's different. <laughs> so different. Anyway, yeah. let's get into this. So you would have seen the topic ahead uh, and maybe you clicked on it because this intrigued you. This is a conversation that Chad and I have been having over the last few days right? Um, about temptation. Because right. honestly, I had some questions about temptation. You know, why do people do the things that they do? Right. Um, you know, there's just been crazy things happening in the world, but in ministry as well. You're yeah. seeing more and more frequently things happen in ministry, things pop up in ministry. Um, but even like trends, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I was feel, trying to think how to phrase it. I feel like you can almost see trends happening in the kingdom. And when you start to see a trend, it's obviously important, number one, to make sure if it's a negative trend right. that uh, you build up defenses against it and you make sure that you're you're working on uh, everything you can do to not fall into that trap. Um, but also you can kind of like just see a wave go through. And we've seen a lot of, you know, people in church and Christianity, like really struggling with this topic of sin. Yeah. And so we want to do a whole podcast. On right. It. And it's different. You know, a lot of people, when they hear temptation, they think of one specific area. We're addressing all areas now. Yeah. We're just addressing temptation as a general yeah topic uh but take it as it applies to you because for everybody it is different the mm -hmm. area that we are tempted in more frequently would be different possibly to the person sitting next to us so right. um don't think that this is you know one cut and dry thing right. on one type of of thing so i guess the first thing is to say where does temptation come from and so james I, the book of james as tells our professional us, reader could you uh introduce at least this i'm to good us? at reading so james one that was an insult starting verse 13 says 
says this. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. This is important. I just like, we, let's pause before we even, <laughs> but let's pause before we even carry on. Okay. Let nobody say that I'm being tempted by God. So many yeah. Christians, they have not been taught correctly mm -hmm. the difference between temptation and trials or tests. tests. And yeah. so oftentimes when they're going through something in their life that is uh, in regards to being tempted, they think that God is tempting them. Um, and what we have to see here in the Bible is it's very clear that God does not tempt. God does test us. Yep. But temp testing and temptation are different. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But, okay, so um, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Yeah. So and number one, temptation yeah. does not come from God. Absolutely. But here's the second one you may not know. Uh, temptation doesn't always come from Satan either. Right. In that scripture, it says that sometimes temptation is from our own evil desires, our own fleshly desires. Can I tell you that temptation is almost like, uh, let me compare it to this in, in uh, let's say like Maine or some areas. And, and I like to hunt and, and such and watch survival shows. And um, in this idea is that once you start to feed an animal. Yeah the animal will frequent more and more and more because it knows that there's something to actually feed on. For sure. And then, you know, people have problems because they'll leave food out and maybe like a, a a bear or something like that shows up and, and, you know, causes danger to their house or danger to the area, whatever it may be. But it's because they left out food and then the it knows it can come back. And then if you leave out food again, mm -hmm. and temptation is the exact same way. Like when you, temptation comes, temptation will discover, is there something there that I can feed on? Or is it something that's going to be shut down very quickly? Yeah. And when it knows that it can be fed on, maybe it just starts as a thought. You know, maybe it starts as a thought that's dwelt on and then pushed away. Yeah. And then the next time it comes back, it's a thought that's dwelt on for a little bit longer. And then it's, you know, and then it just keeps growing until it's a thought that's acted on. Yeah. Which causes sin. Yeah. I think this is such a good thing for Christians to be educated on yeah. because oftentimes uh, we we take the easy way out by blaming the devil yeah. for everything. That old devil made me do it. Right. And so when we realize that <laughs> temptation is actually not a, a devil problem, it's actually a me problem. Yeah. And so when when it's I a am, lack of control. When I am struggling or facing temptation, it's not because of the devil and it's not because of God. It's because of me. It's because of a desire yeah. on the inside of me that I need to face and take care of and take self-control over. I've actually had people tell me, Jade and I did young adults ministry for a while. I've had people tell me that they accidentally had sex. Right. Right, like that's just that's like not if you've a, like the devil done made biology, me do it. You know like, that that's not that, even a thing. How does, it, you know, you no, can't accidentally. Every time we sin, and this is something that you want to put <laughs> in your mind. Every time we sin, it is an intentional decision that you make. There is no such thing as accidental sin. 
All of it is intentional. But we can see that through James 1, number one, temptation does not come from God, period. Temptation doesn't always come from Satan. It can. The enemy can oppress you. The enemy can entice you. The enemy can tempt you. And he knows, you know, the the trigger areas where we fall short. And he's literally called the tempter. But oftentimes... The temptation comes from a bad habit or an evil desire or something we have not put to death in our personal relationship with Christ that comes back and tries to see, For is sure. there any life here? And then lastly, so where do, where, I was just going to say, tem- where does this come from? It comes from our desire, yep. um, this desire to sin. Yep. Where does it come from? It comes from the old nature, yep. right? You have to remember when you get saved and give your heart to Jesus, your spirit has a new birth you become a new person right a new creation the bible says in second corinthians however your body and your soul you got to train yeah, to catch mind, up with your, your spirit. will your emotions and your physical body exactly and so that is why even when you're saved even when you're serving god even when you're reading your bible every day even when you're spending time with prayer there's still a temptation to be tempted because your soul and your body has to be disciplined to catch up with where your spirit's at absolutely even there's there's a scripture in the bible i love it 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 talks about taking off the old man and putting on it's literally like a cloak like like putting on a Mm t-shirt and it's like take off everything that is against god uh, against godliness everything that is evil take literally remove it and from yourself on, and then put on clothe yourself yeah clothe yourself with Christ and that's so crucial to recognize that every time temptation comes it is from your unregenerate or unsaved well not unsaved but you know a uh, old man your evil sure. desires that have not been crucified with Christ yet and this is good right because when you notice it and when you see it you're able to um Deal with it accordingly. And like, this is not uncommon. I I think too many times in Christianity, we like to pretend that everybody's perfect and and like there's no issues or anything like that. And everything can just be swept under the rug. And the reality is the process of sanctification is literally purification. That we are becoming like Christ. And day by day, we become more and more like him. And so you even having things that you're like, ooh, I need to work on this or... That's part of Christianity. Oh That's goodness. part of serving it's the God. Out. And the the best part about teachings like this is it helps you identify it and then create a plan of like, okay, Holy Spirit, how are we going to overcome this For and sure. how are we going to walk this out practically? For so, sure. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to jump into common temptations. And second, First uh, John two sixteen. I'm sorry, says this: For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Right. And there are three, we'll just say categories mm-hmm. of temptation that we're going to break it down into. From that scripture. Absolutely. And, and it, it's there's so much connecting in here. I, I don't want to go too in depth because I want to end off. Uh, no, the Bible's totally yeah. wild because yeah. if you go into the temptation of Jesus, he was tempted in these three areas. Even crazier, if you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden... Eve was tempted in all three of these areas as well. Boom. So it's all throughout the Bible. And uh, we just want to break it down for you as simply as possible. So number one, the lust of the flesh. Things that our physical bodies crave. Let me give you some examples from Galatians 5, 19 through 21. 
adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, um, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, the lust of the flesh speaks to any wicked desire stirred in our physical or emotional needs, particularly the desire for pleasure, right? It's the fleshly pleasures mm-hmm. that that we are, you know, let's say getting off to, and that's like a trigger point right. and it causes us to stumble. It's a temptation to go down mm-hmm. that road. So that's the lust of the flesh. Yep. Then we got the lust of the eyes. This is talking about things that look good or make ourselves look good. First John 2.15, uh, which is the, the scripture prior to the one listing the three uh, areas, says this, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. In other words, if a person loves the world, they cannot love God at the same time. So the lust of the eyes can be described as the sinful desire to want to have the things that we see uh, or how we will be seen. So things such as money, material possessions, houses, cars, a certain physical appearance, um, or even looking at somebody lustfully. Mm -hmm. Our eyes see everything physical around us and our eyes can cause us to covet or want something that we do not possess. Right. So you've got the lust of the flesh, which are things our physical bodies crave. The lust of the eyes, things that look good or make ourselves look good. And then third, we have the pride of life, things that give us status and power. And when you think about these three categories, almost everything can follow. I I actually think every single thing could fall into one of these categories or multiple of these categories when it comes to temptation or sin or, or struggles that people may have in their life. So three, the pride of life, things that give us status or power. That's everything that appeals to haughtiness, arrogance, and pride. In this category of temptation, Satan uses contemplation of personal achievement, let's say popularity, academic success, uh, uh, workplace success, to produce uh, a self-sufficient attitude, right? Of like, I am my own God. For sure. You become your own idol. Look at what I've done. Absolutely. Look at what I've built. And when a person falls prey to the pride of life, there's no longer a battle against, or it's not a battle against the flesh. The wicked one has already won the battle of your sensual and intellectual side. The Israelites succumbed to the type of sin when they acted proudly, hardened their hearts, or heart, sorry, hardened their necks, and did not heed to God's commandments in Nehemiah 9.16. The devil tried to tempt Jesus by the pride of life when he took him up to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and urged him to defy God in Matthew chapter 4. So you can see, right, like that is the temptations. I find so often that when I'm talking to people, right, you can just identify it immediately. So what, what area may you be dealing with? I can tell you this right now. That when I got saved, I had a problem with the spirit, like lust, Mm -hmm. right? Obviously, before I was saved, I was living wild and doing all those things and feeding my flesh, um, the lust of the, right, the lust of the flesh in a consistent basis. 
And when I first got saved, that was a little bit of a struggle for me. And it took me about six months to begin to work that out and become stronger and stronger. You know what was so crazy was like, it was like a fight, life or death every single time in the beginning. But now the temptation can still come. But it's quickly addressed and overcome because I've built up a restraint, a barrier and some protection in my spirit, man, against that same temptation. So you as a believer, you should start to become stronger and stronger and stronger. So when the enemy comes, he already knows that what he already knows the result. Right. He already knows that he's going to get shut down yeah. or your, your physical body. You already have it disciplined. You've already, yeah. you know, uh, worked out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. 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 No, I don't want to bring this up because I think it might help somebody. But even today, Chad and I were having a conversation about temptation because I was asking him questions specifically uh, in one area where men are tempted a lot more mm-hmm. frequently than females. And I was saying yeah. to him, I was like, you know, I'm not, Uh, ignorant enough or naive enough to think that you even though we're married even though we're happily married even though we're very fulfilled in our marriage I am not naive enough to think that you just don't see other women as attractive I'm not I'm not that would just be silly right? right you have eyes um and so I was asking him questions about that I was like but where is the line because mm-hmm. a lot of men that's where they cross the line right. is they start looking at other women other than their wife and then it's not just as seeing somebody as attractive it then becomes more and so we were kind of talking yeah. about that and it was kind of interesting feedback that he was giving so I just felt yeah. like maybe that, that could help somebody yeah. and actually I feel like it might have been Pastor Allen in Bible school but he said the first look isn't a problem, but it's, the second, the second look, look is a look of, I think he said the first look is a look, but the second look is a look of lust. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And so that could be a good measuring tape for somebody out there. Um, and so the reality is temptation will exist right? no matter where you are. If Jesus was tempted, then you will be tempted. And consider this in Matthew four, the enemy does not come and tempt people when they're at their strength oftentimes, or if they're at their strength, he'll tempt them with something like pride so that the strength then isn't allocated to God where it's deserved, but it's allocated to themselves. Right. right. But the enemy doesn't fight fair. He's not going to come to you when you're like, you know, like in your strongest spiritual, you know, moment Mm -hmm. or oftentimes I've even seen this is that he'll come after one of your greatest victories when you've let your guard down. Yeah. Yes. You know, you just have to be aware of the enemy's devices. I find that's another time is when you're tired, when you're worn down, you know, for whatever reason, and you're tired. He goes after those like soft spot moments. Yeah. Yeah, And and like you as a believer just need to know how he operates and know how he operates against you. And the best news that you have all day is that according to Romans chapter 6, Jesus's death on the cross set you free from the power of sin and death. Absolutely, And that means that you can literally overcome sin, that there is not one sin that is too strong for you to overcome. There's a a supernatural power on the inside of you. I think a lot of times we don't realize what's on the inside of us. You know, that's something that we're teaching Hunter right now is there's power. You know, I said to her the other day, I said, you know that you can lay hands on somebody and power comes out of your hands and people will be healed. Mm -hmm. She was like, what? You know, I have power. And I said, yes, because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and he gives you power and i think a lot of christians 
don't tap into the supernatural aid that is available. Right. We almost feel like it's it's all toil and it's hard and whatever. And, you know, yeah, okay, there are certain things that are more difficult than other things. But there is a supernatural aid that is available to you. That's what I love about God. God, and let's actually go into point three, yeah. overcoming temptation. Mm-hmm. God always provides a way of escape yep. when it comes to temptation. There is nothing in this life that's catching God off, uh, yeah. off God. Right. <laughs> you know, there's nothing. I even remember during COVID, there were so many people that were like, COVID sent them into like a tailspin. And I remember one Sunday we were encouraging the congregation and we were saying like, this hasn't taken God by surprise. God's not sitting there on his throne looking at Jesus like, dang, didn't see this one coming. Right. You know, what do we do now? God's prepared everything from before the foundations of the earth. Nothing is a surprise to him. And so he has given us as his children a way to overcome. He was aware that mm-hmm. this is something that we would face yep. and he's given us a way to overcome. So First, uh, hold on. I just want to emphasize okay. this. We're going to give you three tips to overcome temptation. Okay. Number one, know that God always provides a way out. And be be rest assured in that. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it yeah so that's encouraging yeah no matter what it is no matter how severe the temptation may be no matter how hard that sinful desire whether it's again the the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes or the pride of life no matter how that may feel god has made a door for you to escape absolutely that god made a plan for you to be able to leave that and walk away and not fall into that temptation so what that does now is it puts us in a position where we don't have to sin i want to get that in your spirit you do not have to sin. You got to get this line out of your out of your life. I'm just a sinner saved by yeah. grace. No, I was a sinner, yeah. but I got saved by grace, and now I'm I'm a sanctified saint. Yeah, I'm a you, son of God. Yeah, when you keep saying, labeling yourself as a sinner, that's how you're gonna respond. That's how your body's gonna respond. It's how your soul's gonna respond because that's what you keep labeling yourself. That's what you keep speaking. Mm-hmm. That's not who you are anymore. Absolutely. So number two. Of this three ways to overcome temptation. Number one, he provides a way out. Number two, create habits of resistance. Okay? The more you do something, the easier things get. James. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, habits are a wild thing to study. And I want to encourage you. We've done a podcast on it. But if you are looking for a book that will really help you in this area, and habits will help every area Mm -hmm. of your life. Um, Atomic Habits. By James Clear is probably one of the best. Uh, it's a secular book, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Secular it's book Chad and I have ever read. Yep. So James 4, 7 through 8 says this. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I think, again... The enemy does not attack when it is fair, let's say that, oh, or no. when you're at your strength. But here's the thing. If you're always filled up and you're consistent in your time with God, you begin to make sure that there aren't uh, holes in your armor, right? Or, you know, you've heard the statement, you give the enemy an inch and he takes a mile. 
right? You want to make sure that there's not an inch. And how do you begin to achieve that? Through a healthy relationship with Jesus, an overflowing relationship with him, right? It starts with getting a foundation in the word and reading it on a consistent basis, just like I spoke about last week, if you haven't listened to that podcast. But then a prayer life of intimacy with God, communication with God, you know, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in English, communing with him, sitting down and listening to him. Um, I mean, there's just so many ways, Create uh, going to church, listening to sermons, serving in your church, getting accountability near you. I think that's a huge one. Create habits of resistance outside of just an overflowing relationship with God. The second thing you should have is accountability. Oh yeah, this is a game changer. Do you have people that you are accountable to? I've worked with some guys that struggled with like looking at porn or whatever it may be. And in that conversation, we went through a bunch of stuff. And obviously, I I just said, look, you know, I want to ask you if I have permission to take your phone at any point and see if you're talking to uh, certain girls or, you know, uh, looking at certain websites. And I mean, I did it very few times, but just them giving me permission for accountability. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes accountability can be embarrassing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it can make us feel a little humiliated. But it's for your greater good at the end of the day. And that's what you have to remember. And what I mean by that is it, it can be embarrassing to let somebody know like, hey, I'm genuinely struggling with this. Or, you know, because you, it's our natural human pride mm-hmm. is to want everyone to think that, that we're further along sometimes than we really are. Right. But I have learned the value in accountability and being honest and saying like, hey, I'm really struggling with this, but I need you to keep me accountable. Yeah. You know, the most incredible uh premarital counselings that we've done have been with couples who have asked us to keep them accountable and it's been so amazing to watch the difference in couples who have that accountability and can walk down the aisle on their wedding day Mm -hmm. knowing that they stayed pure knowing that they didn't mess up knowing that you know uh, this union and whatever is being blessed by God because of decisions they've made. And it's been so cool to be part of that. Yeah. And that all came down to the power of accountability, the, the power of letting somebody in uh, to help you. Essentially. Absolutely. And just having somebody else there oftentimes helps. <coughs> and then after that, sorry, uh, making practical changes to your life. Oftentimes, like the lust of the flesh, those are fleshly desires. You know what that means? That you've created habits. Yeah. That cause sin. Yeah. And all you do is begin to change habits. Change the things that you do. Change the systems that you operate on a daily basis. They're going to cause the results that you desire. Okay. So then third, understand how the Bible teaches you to overcome that temptation. You got to know the tools that are in your toolbox. And it's not always the same. For sure. Right? Many times... The Bible would even say that we need to flee from it, right? Uh, So 2 Timothy 2.22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. 1 Corinthians 6.18. Flee from sexual immorality. Um, uh, And as you start to see it, uh, 1 Timothy 6.11. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. There are certain Mm -hmm. things that when the temptation comes, the Bible actually instructs you to run away from them, yep. not resist them, not attack them, but actually turn and remove yourself from the situation so that the temptation no longer exists. And then other times we see in the word that you're intended to fight, to stand 
and to fight yeah. and to overcome. Yeah. I just was... So she's smirking sorry. at me. So I'm like... No, I'm smirking because I was thinking about... Uh, on Friday night, we had the honor of having um, Teddy Shuttlesworth come mm. and preach uh, for the Uproar Partners. And he just shared something from the book of Daniel that absolutely blew my mind. He was talking about how Daniel was essentially getting trained by a wicked king to be one of the wicked king's powerful uh, men. Mm -hmm. And Daniel refused to eat the food that was offered to him from the king because he wasn't sure if it had been defiled in that it had blood in it still or that had been offered to idols. Right. Okay, cool. We all know that part of the story. But here's what blew my mind. Teddy, uh, he posed the question, if he had eaten the meat, it would have. How much easier would it have been for him to bow mm-hmm. when they then passed the next decree that you yeah. had to bow? Yeah. You know, whenever the music played, because see, there's almost levels to temptation, yeah. right? Sin and is those, gradual, right? And those little things, those little battles, those those little ones, they matter in order to overcome the bigger ones. Yeah. And that blew my mind because I thought, man, how often you know we only the little ones we kind of are like oh you know that's not a big deal it's just something small but they Mm -hmm. all add up yeah the little ones determine what you're going to do with the big ones absolutely and so when we know how to deal with the little ones we know how to respond to the big ones the big ones actually become small in that moment because we've literally trained ourselves how to respond and like when you start to really get hold of your life the sin stops in your mind Sure. Right, it, it actually comes to your mind, and the enemy will try to put thoughts in your mind, attack your mind, uh, infiltrate your mind, but then it never turns into an action because you've got the practical side of things and also the spiritual side of things that, like, when temptation comes, it's immediately addressed. Yep. And it comes in thought form first. And so it, you begin to take every thought and make it conform to Christ into the word of God. And so again, I, I, we just, I hope this helped you. And please let us know. Yeah, like, and I hope that, that you're encouraged yeah. knowing, A, I'm in good company. This is yeah. something that everybody faces in yeah. their walk. But in, and then knowing that, man, God's so good. He's given me all the tools I need to overcome. The Bible actually says he's given you everything that you need for, for life, life and, and for godliness. godliness. Yep. And so what I want to do, though, is I want to pray. Because I believe that you may even be listening to this and you're like, man, I'm just riddled with this sin. I feel like I haven't been able to deal with it, break it off, whatever it may be. I believe there's power in prayer. Amen. And that when we, we come in agreement for this, that the power of sin that's held your your back life or wow held your life back and has kept you in bondage the bible says to strip off yeah. the sin that would hold you back or it's weigh so you down easily besets us yep it is easy to fall into sin if you do not have a practical plan yeah. to overcome it and so let's pray together and i believe god's going to set you free even tonight or today or whenever you're listening so father in the name of jesus we take authority over the the attack of the enemy or even the the lusts of the flesh. Lord, I speak right now to every person that may be struggling with this temptation or even sin. And God, we declare that the power that you've given us, that it will be stirred up and reminded that the Holy Spirit, he'll reveal it to us in the perfect time and that God, when temptation comes, we'll always see the door out. And that, God, you're equipping us to overcome it. In that, Lord, something supernatural is happening even now. That that power is breaking even now. 
that spirit that's attached to you, it's breaking even now. That problem, that sin that you'd always just so easily fall into. In the name of Jesus, we declare that it is done, it is finished, that the Holy Spirit's coming alongside us to even show us how to live this life of godliness and that the power of sin is being broken off of them. And God, we speak right now to their mind, illuminate their mind that is so blinded by the enemy. God, we declare even now that the light will shine into the darkness and it will expose it and that your spirit will then give us strategy to overcome it through your power. And so God, we do it all. We declare and take authority over it in the spirit realm. God, we declare that we're making changes in our habits, in our lifestyles, and in our bodies. And Lord, we thank you that the Bible says that who the Son is set free is free indeed. So God, we thank you for freedom in your mighty name. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us on the Truth Be Told podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to. Remember, we have new content coming out every single week. If you know of someone who could benefit from this podcast, we would love for you to share it on your social media as well as going ahead and leaving us a review. But for now, we can't wait to catch you next week.